Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you listen to this podcast. This your guy, Larry. How you doing? You just tuned into episode 10 of Black Nurse Podcast. Hey, first of all, what is Black Nurse Podcast? It is a mix of movies, tech, and video games. Also, ending with God's word. That's right. I also speak on God's word in it too as well. So give you that little boost of inf- of inspiration going through the rest of the week. So first of all, I want to thank everybody for my birthday wishes. Yes, your boy turned 49. I'm getting on up there. And no, I don't like to say I'm old or nothing like that. But hey, you know, we, we're getting up there. So Anyways, I just want to just thank everybody for wishing me a happy birthday. And guess what? Along with my birthday, it's also Mother's Day. So I want to wish all the mothers out there, whether you're single moms, whether you're you're young moms, older moms, grandmothers, aunties. If you're a mother, you have the most important job. And that is, excuse me, being a mother being a mother to children, whether you have one, whether you have two, whether you're adopting children, it doesn't matter. Even if you have a mother to someone else's children or a stepmom, but you have a very important job and you know something, we appreciate you. Now it's unfortunate. It's only one day out the year, but let's just say this, even though it's one day out the year, let us just go ahead and and appreciate and honor everything that you have done but we also want to continue this every day of the year or just whenever you think of your mother and say hey you know what mom I appreciate everything you've done for me unfortunately for me my mother's passed on it's unfortunate but at the same time I know that she's with the Lord My mother was a great mother and I just appreciate everything she's done in my life. She was a godly mother. She helped just really instill godly principles in me. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate everything that she's done. I do sometimes get kind of emotional thinking about her around this time of year because of the fact that I remember times when I was a kid and times growing up, the things she used to tell me, things she used to do around the house, preparing my day preparing my, my clothes and just just the common stuff to me I guess for some reason has really just the biggest things for me just knowing that she just did those little things to care for me but again if you have your mother that's alive right now make sure you spend that time talk with her wish her a happy mother's day go take some flowers take a card take her out to eat do some chores do things around the house that she would normally do keep her off her feet just let her rest and relax today let her watch maybe go out to a movie like i do i like going out to the movies maybe if she likes movies if she doesn't like movies maybe she wants to sit somewhere and read a good book but whatever it is give her a a day so that she can relax and enjoy herself so again Thank you, mothers, for everything you're doing. And again, thank you guys for listening to my podcast. And sit back, relax, as we get into the next episode of Black Nurse Podcast.
Okay, so I want to prepare you guys right now um, on this segment. Um, I haven't prepared any notes, and I'm probably going to be repeating some things you probably already heard. Um, so I have done my, um, I guess, my review of Avengers Endgame. Got a chance to see it. Um, I know my information now is, is kind of late. I think right now as of, of this recording, I had an original um, review, but I want to I kind of wanted to re-record it again. So this is kind of a later from the first time that I saw the movie. So I'm kind of, you know, kind of spacing it out a little bit further back now. So as of this recording, this uh, in Avengers Endgame now has been out for maybe two weeks, I think it is. So anyways, I just want to kind of take this time in my movie segment to kind of talk about it. Um, got a chance to see it. I got a chance to see it twice. Um, first thoughts in the very beginning here. It was a very, very, very well-made movie. Um, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend seeing it at the theaters. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm highly recommend it. Second of all, um, if you have not seen it, I suggest kind of going, uh, skipping this segment altogether and go to my next segment, whether it's, uh, the tech segment or even going to the, um, the, uh, scriptural segment that I, that I'll be doing in this episode. But <clears throat> I want to let you know that, um, yes, I got a chance to see it twice. So just, just let you know again, second, second warning, there's going to be spoilers that, that I'm going to begin to tell you. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm going to reveal some spoilers is because it has been out for more than two weeks now. First of all, let me just say this, this movie has made, um, I believe it's already crossed over a billion. Um, that, that number, um, was record, was recorded to have made it within like a week of when it got released. That means that so many, um, people that were already anticipating the movie, which was your regular Marvel heads. And I, I, I call them Marvel heads because I'm, and I'm one of them. So I'm not just talking about anybody else. I'm also actual Marvel head myself, but these people, including myself, wanted to see it either on day one or the first week that it was released um, because of the the storyline that we've already got. Um, we've already seen Avengers Infinity War. A lot of us have seen uh, Captain Marvel. And so um, those those movies, we was already in in anticipation, waiting, awaiting for this movie, which is Marvel's Endgame. Let me start off by saying and also about this movie is that it is the culmination of Marvel Studios 21 movies, 21 set of movies from the first Iron Man all the way to Avengers Endgame. Uh, actually, in Avengers Endgame would be considered number 22. So, <clears throat> excuse me, this movie, this this journey of Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been a phenomenal run. Um, as a fan, I would definitely say that it was well worth the wait. I also am proud and excited to say, too, that the writers and the producers, the Russo brothers, they did a phenomenal job. Um, I don't I can't remember who the writers I think one of them was named as uh, McNeely or Keeley but there was two two writers to this uh, saga and like I said they did a great job as far as telling a story so 
um, what else can I say about this movie? Well, the, of course, the movie, as advertised, was a three-hour runtime. Um, it, it the pacing was so good that the runtime you didn't even feel like you was in the theater for three hours. Um, like I said, I seen it twice. I seen it once um, on a regular XD screen, and then I then I seen it again through IMAX. Um, so. I wanted to kind of capture some of the, the the best scenes, which was the battle scenes toward the end of the movie. This movie, I'm sorry, I had to interrupt myself because my phone was going off. But this movie, um, um, what I was saying was, it's a three hour runtime, so it doesn't seem like the pacing was very good in it. So it doesn't seem doesn't appear to be like you're in a theater for three hours. Um, but one thing I will say is that the movie does contain time travel. And I want to I want to kind of specify that a, a lot because that was a big question whether or not time travel is going to be involved. So um, in a lot of ways, it was kind of non-conventional time travel, but it was still try- time travel to say the least. Um, we're talking Ant-Man. So if, you, if anybody's seen um, Ant-Man and Wasp, which was the which was the second movie of Ant-Man, they talked about the quantum realm when um uh ant-man when he came out of the quantum realm um after um after thanos did the snap uh which was in infinity war um he came through came back through the quantum realm by way of a a rat that was on top of the machine um and the reason why that happened because um michael penn and his wife as well as um the lady that was i can't remember her name but she played as the wasp they all were um they were all dusted after the snap at the end of um uh ant-man and wasp so as you as you can tell right now these movies all kind of interconnect in some kind of way i'm not going to go out and say that all the movies are not are are interconnected because they're not so if you're going to see um, in case you're still listening to this, if you're going to see Endgame, I would suggest you go see. First of all, if you if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, make sure you see that because you're not going to know what's going on in Endgame if you haven't seen Infinity War. So you definitely that's a that's a must. So go and see Infinity War. That is out on Netflix right now. If you have Netflix, go check it out. I believe either Redbox, even Redbox, which is only a dollar to rent or dollar fifty by now, rent it on Redbox and get a chance to kind of sit and watch that. Um, very good movie though. Infinity War was an epic movie in and of itself, and so definitely listen, watch that movie. And then um, before that, I would say. You can watch either the first Iron Man or, yeah, the first Iron Man or second. Well, the second Iron Man, I'm not sure. Um, the first Iron Man, though, kind of gives you the origin story of Iron Man. Then you got uh, Captain America. You can watch Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, actually, no, take that back. Watch the first Captain America, first Avenger. Check, watch that one. And then watch the first Avengers the Avengers Age of Ultron perhaps but Avengers Infinity War those ones um, Ant-Man you can watch Ant-Man and Wasp um, as well and um, what else oh Thor 
So the, out of the Thor movies, I would say watch the first, the second Thor. And then um, let's see, there's that Captain America. So Captain America, like I said, watch Captain America, Winter Soldier, Iron Man, um, Ant-Man and Wasp. And I believe that's it. I can't remember what. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Watch Guardians of the Galaxy, which would have been the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So watch that one, too. And the reason why I'm mentioning those particular movies and not every single Marvel movie is because those ones pick up where the Infinity Stones show up in these movies. So you want to see the Infinity Stone, the Infinity Stones are the are really the central focus one of the central focuses in endgame they were the ones that were used by thanos in order to destroy half of humanity or half of the universe so therefore in endgame the avengers have to go and undo the damage that thanos done they had done by going to use the quantum realm as a way for time travel and in order for them to do that, they have to go back and get the the uh, Infinity Stones. Oh, one more movie I'm forgetting is um, Doctor Strange. So go with go to, of course, he only has one movie. So watch Doctor Strange as well. So you want to watch kind of recapping what I just said. You want to watch the first Iron Man, Captain America, Winter Soldier, I believe. And you also want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. You want to watch Doctor Strange and uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, the first one. You want to see that, too. And you can watch the first Ant-Man, too, I believe. But in, a, in Avengers Infinity War, the first Avengers, excuse me, the first Avengers and Avengers Infinity War. But definitely watch Avengers Infinity War if you haven't watched anything else. The rest of the movies I just mentioned, those 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 happened before Infinity War. So, again, those are your homework assignments, if I may say, um, before you see Endgame. Endgame, um, there's just so much to talk about as far as Avengers Endgame. And... Um, I would definitely say that um, they did a, a they did a very good closure to the story of the three main character arcs that they want to put into. So if you watch the first Avengers movie where they were all together united, you had Iron Man, you had Thor, you had Hulk, and you had Scarlet Witch. I'm not Scarlet Witch. Excuse me, Black Widow and Hawkeye five so with those five these these were like the original avengers and what avengers endgame does is pretty much goes full circle back to these characters again and it pretty much kind of goes into each of their stories with a little bit of the exception of black widow she doesn't they don't really go into her story as much and Hawkeye, they kind of bring into they bring Hawkeye in 
just to show you what was going on with him, it's him and his family before Thanos had snapped, you know, did the snap. Um, understand that the snap was basically a devastation throughout not only Earth, but all of all of the universe. So th- there was plenty of other universes that were affected by Thanos' snap. And so in saying that, you know, it, it there's so much that happens in this movie. Um, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to go into every detail. I really, I really, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that either one, you're interested in, in, in what I'm saying about this or two, you're going to see it or three, you haven't seen it and you don't care whether I'm revealing the spoilers, but I'm not going to go into all the details because I really do eventually want you to see it. Um, it's a very well-made movie. And if you, if you, you know, if you like Marvel and and the Marvel movies and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you will definitely love this movie. Um, it is a fitting end to, I would say, the Avengers. Now, I'm, when I say the end, I'm really careful not to say that it is the end because there are some characters in this movie that you will not see anymore because according to the way this movie ended, we lost two of them. I'm allow you. I'm a. I'm not going to say any more about who, what two they were, but I'm going to allow you to just see that movie for 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 that, so that you'll hear that. And you might have heard it. Maybe you have. Maybe you have it. For those of you that do not know, two of them will not make it. In saying that, they made a a, a good closure to it. Also, what I do want to mention though. <laughs> Is when I say it's not the end of the Avengers, I'm also saying that because the next phase of Avengers, which will lead into, I guess, in a real realistic sense, um, into TV shows. So there will be TV shows that will be made of not just the old Avengers, but probably more the newer second tier Avengers. So like I'm gonna mention like people like either. Um, Hawkeye. Now, Hawkeye is still a, a original Avenger, but he's going to more than likely he's going to get his own uh, spinoff TV show on the Disney Plus streaming service. The next one will be uh, the Winter Soldier and um, Falcon. So Falcon and Winter Soldier, they will also have a movie or a TV show together. We don't know exactly how what the what the premises is or what it's going to be so but it's going we do know we just know that it's going to be a part of the disney plus streaming service then um thor's brother loki will have his own streaming service i mean (laughs) own show um again we don't know um how that how that show is going to be we do know that it's that because loki has the ability to transform into different beings and to be a somewhat of a trickster um we know that he's gonna have the this the tv show is gonna be pretty good um so i just want to mention that and scarlet witch and vision will have a have a show coming out on disney plus and their nick their i don't know whether it's the official name or not but it'll be it'll be called WandaVision. So that was interesting to hear, along with um, Disney's um, 
other properties, which was Lucas Films, which was the Star Wars stuff, um, the Mandalorian. I don't know why. Last time I think I, I might have mentioned it, but I couldn't remember the name. But there is a major TV show that's coming to Disney Plus that they're in the works of producing right now called The Mandalorian. Um, I'm not familiar with it. As time gets closer to the release of the Disney Plus streaming service, we'll know a little bit more about what the Mandalorian is going to be like. They also, May the 4th, um, we just passed May the 4th um, already, and they also released at Disneyland and Disney Disney World Parks um, the Disney, um, I mean, I'm sorry, Star Wars Land. So Star Wars Land, Star Wars Land now is officially open, and I have not been going through my sources to find out how the the reception is. I'm sure it's, you know, anything Disney, anything at Disneyland, Disney Parks, Disney World Parks and, and other places are just, I mean, packed to the brim. And anybody that's ever been to any of these these resort parks or these amusement parks know that. I mean, anything that's huge, whether it's like Cars Land, whether it was um, the Prince, the Disney Princesses, um, Frozen, you know, those those properties, they got a lot of fanfare and a lot of people want to see these um, exhibits or see these attractions. So, <clears throat> yes, May the 4th, um, which was a Star Wars themed um, um, holiday for people that was in the star wars they called may the fourth be with you um yeah they opened um star wars land at disney world and disney and disneyland parks so along with our news on the movies for the month of may um i got a chance to see um a bonus here i got a chance to see detective pikachu um the movie so i will say um first of all i'm not a, I'm, I'm not a i'm not really big on pokemon and the second thing is i didn't know every character in here the thing that was pretty exciting though was the fact that this was really this was a movie surrounding um this kid who whose father um was missing and he was trying to find his father but he unfortunately him and his father were estranged from each other and so they weren't they weren't really very close and so um that was the one thing that that was kind of a current theme but the good thing about it in toward the end um they begin they re reunited in the end which wind up being a, a good happy ending in the middle of the movie though um we find that this world in which we're we're in in this movie is a world where where pokemon and humans are together in this world so there was not like one of these things i was assuming that there will be one of these things where you just kind of enter into this world from another um like another time warp or something like that but no this actually you actually were a part of this world from the from the start of the movie so that was pretty neat i thought that was pretty neat so it doesn't really tell you how it happened we just know that in the, from the start of the beginning of the movie pokemon are just there running everywhere and so i thought that was pretty cool so i did recognize some of my i recognized bulbasaur i recognized um um charmander i recognized some of the old school stuff that i remember seeing like you know um kids play with and stuff like that um uh pit me or something like that the birds and um anyways there was just a, um a lot of a lot of um 
Pokemon in there, including Pikachu. So Pikachu being in the, the main character, Pikachu um, was able to talk and was able to be understood by humans. So that was pretty interesting. And that was due to, um, we find out later, Mewtwo, which is another um, Pokemon, was able to merge the human a human with a pokemon which gave him the ability to talk and communicate with other humans so yeah it was um how can i say i would say for me and this is just speaking of of you know based on what i've i've seen it was entertaining has some really good funny parts i like psyduck i like the the communication between psyduck and pikachu and you know pikachu's always has something to say and stuff like that so he has a lot of there's a lot of little funny jokes in there and it does kind of keep you laughing keep you entertained as an adult now as a kid you know yeah um i took uh, my stepdaughter to go see it she seemed to enjoy it she seemed to be really following everything and she she really enjoyed the movie um i probably should have had her do the review but <laughs> um just to say the least the movie was cute it was a cute movie i would say if you're not a pokemon fan don't bother to see this movie <laughs> and i and and the only reason why i say that because if, if you're not a pokemon fan don't force yourself to, to to go into a movie that's that is in a world that you really are not invested in because pokemon now the one thing i do know is that pokemon has been around for more than I would say safely say more than 10 plus years, you know, almost 15 years per se. Okay. Pokemon has been around for a long time. It used to be a trading card company, trading card game. And then it went from that to video games. And, um, it was, it's, it's, um, origins was, um, the originally not just Pokemon, but Pokemonster. It was a Japanese created game and it was, became a phenomenon. So, it's um it's always been equated to Nintendo, but really it's its own company that Nintendo pretty much you know distributes their all their their games and so even to this day for the you know some of you have the Nintendo Switch like I do, there's like this new Pokemon game um that's really good for for the Nintendo Switch. Um, so again, if you haven't seen the movie and you got kids that love love Pokemon. Yeah, it's to be a good movie for them. I would say that um, for me, I would wait till it comes out on DVD or what have you, if you're still interested in seeing it and what all the hype is. Um, but it was a pretty good movie. Now, um, movies that are coming out in May. Um, John Wick 3. I am so waiting for this movie. Um, full of action. If you follow the John Wick series like I have, um, we know that uh, this is, uh, I think John Wick 3 is called Para Parabellum. Um, it's going to have uh, Halle Berry in it, um, along with, um, oh God, the, the main characters, um, Keanu Reeves, excuse me, Keanu Reeves, I almost <laughs> had a blank on my on that. I didn't take notes, guys, so I'm just kind of going off the top. So um, John Wick 3 is coming out, I believe, the 17th of May. 
Um, there's long shots is coming. Um, that's with Seth Rogen. And I can't remember her other, the, the other lady's name. That is, that's already been out. I believe that came out on the fourth. Um, there's another movie that was really, um, interesting called El Chicano. El Chicano. Now I did write notes for this. El Chicano is a, um, um, Mexican movie. I'm not sure it was about cartels, but it was really interesting and it's really exciting um that movie came that movie's already been released already at the beginning of may as well um so it's flying under the the radar and i really suggest that i'm going to try to check it out myself and it looks like it's, it's a very um i guess cartel type movie but it's got a lot of action it's got a lot of you know just a lot of killing and stuff like that in it um, but the main character in there is uh, actor Ra Raul Castillo and also George Lopez. George, George Lopez was in it, too. Also, there's another movie um, comedy um, called The Hustle with uh, Rebel Wilson and Anna Anne Hathaway. There's also Ugly Dolls. Ugly Dolls is a cartoon or animated movie that also is has been out since the beginning of May as well. Um, the next movie, which is, seems like it's going to be pretty good, um, called Token. Token is, um, about a, the writer of the, excuse me, of the Lord, Lords of the Rings series. So that, I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out. Also, um, another movie that's kind of been talked about a little bit, but it's kind of like not really getting a lot of buzz. It's called A Dog's Journey. Um, it has actor uh, De Dennis Quaid in it. It's about a dog who, um, I guess, go gets reincarnated. So in other words, this dog and at the end of his life, um, he dies and gets reincarnated into another dog, which is a, a puppy, kind of starts his life over again and has a master that that you know he he um the purpose of his life is to please his master but for some reason it sounds like dennis quaid is always at the end of this dog or this dog whether he's whatever breed he becomes goes back to being face to face with dennis quaid again so dennis quaid makes several appearances in this movie because i guess originally he started off with him so pretty interesting movie i don't know if i'm going to check it out it looks the, the trailer looks pretty good but again i'm not sure exactly you know um whether i'm going to actually go to the movie to see that there's another one another movie and i'm unfamiliar with the actress but the actress i believe she was on um blackish um it's called um the sun is also a star so if anybody's listening to podcasts right now and you know the actress name, um, please uh, just give me a comment about it and I'll, you know, put it in the next um, episode when I make it. So that looks like, <coughs> excuse me, I had a cough right there. Um, the Sun is also a star is a is about um, two young couples or young teenagers, seems like, and they the start off as a challenge to where the guy says i'm gonna get you to fall in love with me and i think he starts out by saying like in a few days she said well how about a how about an hour so <clears throat> so he's he's the the man the the young man is i think of asian descent and she's um half black um she's from she's not from uh, from the country 
the trailer doesn't really kind of it, it does give you enough about there's a, a little bit of a, a young romance going on right there but it doesn't really kind of it doesn't really go into anything beyond that i just know that 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 it starts to accelerate because of the fact that things were going along good as far as chemistry rise but then all of a sudden she says that she has to leave the country because her parents are not from the country so um take it for what it is i, I i'm not gonna say that it's a, it's a boring movie it looks like it's an interesting movie um but again it's just not that's not something that i'm i'm ready to spend the money to go to the theater and see um again i'm not gonna say i, I don't anything that i'm that that is not my thing um please know and believe that not i'm not saying at all that it's not a good movie because i really believe that all movies they they have somewhat of a storyline and i really believe in stories and i think that just looking at this little one where there was the sun is also a star and also a dog's journey i really think that there's a good storyline behind it and um you know i'm not saying at all that you should not see it or not recommending not to see it so i just want to kind of make that clear then also um toward the end of the movie i mean end of the month of may um there's also aladdin which is another a disney a disney remake of the cartoon which stars uh will smith and there's two other actors actors two other actors actors excuse me that are playing jasmine and aladdin himself and unfortunately i don't have the names to these actors but i just know will smith as the genie and so that will be coming out i believe on the 25th of may or 27th of may it might be the 27th but anyways i am going to go see that i have tickets already prepared for that already and then also there is a godzilla king of monsters that is going to be an epic movie um then again i'm not sure i'm going to definitely see that movie because that is something that i like to see i am a old school guy so i remember godzilla i remember mothra i remember um 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 god what gadadon i believe his name was with the three three uh dragon uh heads so i remember all these monsters when i was a kid watching them on tv and to see them on the big screen see them coming to life there um just phenomenal to me i know that they made two or three other iterations of godzilla and some of them were not that good there was one in particular that i personally remember by um that has matthew broderick in it and it was just i don't know i kind of was okay with the movie to be honest with you i'm not going to go and say that oh it's not a good movie but it was just it just didn't do as well unfortunately um there's also this other movie called ma now ma has not been getting a lot of um um i guess advertisement right now but i think toward the end of the month of may because we're right now we're still kind of in the beginning of may going into the middle of may but ma is stars um octavia spencer and she plays a kind of like a bad guy or a bad person meaning that she's she's um there's these teenagers and they're wanting to drink and they're you know they 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 start the trailer starts off where they're in this van and they're trying to get they're they're underage so they can't go into this liquor store to get something to drink so octavia spencer 
um, happens to be outside of the van and they ask her, well, can you go and buy some liquor for us and blah, blah, blah. And so basically Octavia Spencer was like, no, I'm not going to do that for you. But then she turns around and said, you know what? No, I'll do it for you. So she goes in there, she gets, uh, gets them the liquor, gives it to them. And then she turns around and tells them that, hey, if you really want to party, why don't you come to my place and you can really party? So that's where the whole adventure starts because what she's doing is she's luring these kids and she turns around and turns on them. She, she either is a serial killer or she's lead, she led these kids and now she's doing some deranged stuff in throughout the movie. And I've never seen Octavia Spencer in this role and it looks like a good movie. So that one there i want you guys to pay attention to that it's called ma and octavia spencer the last movie i'm going to mention is rocket man rocket man um what can i say it's a documentary of of um of elton john and so um some of you like myself are familiar with some of elton john's greatest hits and one of the hits was called rocket man and um I don't know what I could say right now about this movie. It it didn't it didn't really appeal to me as far as a a biopic um, that's going to be a real strong biopic. I know that the story of um, Queen, which was uh, Rhapsody, um, that one looked more appealing to me than this one did, and so. I don't know how well it's going to do. Um, again, um, Rhapsody, I still have to see it. I still have to see it myself. And I am I plan to see that movie, actually. And the only reason why, because I'm not a queen. Just to let you know, I'm not a queen fan. But I, I, you know, the music is a part of the culture and a part of the time that I grew up in. So there's a lot of stuff that, a lot of songs that I remember listening to that, you know, based on the radio and things like that are hearing it and you know just wanted to kind of see the story of how he evolved into the person that we know him as freddie mercury but back to elton john yes um definitely um that's coming out at the end of may so a lot of movies in the month of may you guys have your pick from pikachu Detective Pikachu to El Chicano to Ugly Dolls to Ma to Token to um, Son, Son. The Sun is also a star. Aladdin, Brightburn. Oh, that's another thing I forgot to mention. Brightburn. Now, Brightburn, I believe, was um, done by either uh, um, something Gun, Jason Gun, um, the producer. I don't know too much about Brightburn, but somebody has told me about it. I did see the trailer on it. It looks like a kind of a horror movie, but somebody's saying, and and I, I got to get more into, I got to get more um, background on this movie, but they're saying that this is like kind of like young Clark Kent. And I guess as if he was a bad kid or something, but he has all the powers of Superman kind of a weird kind of twisted story and i did see the trailer it, it i didn't see evidences well take that back i seen i seen certain characteristics of his of what superman would have done as a kid had he had those powers but he was like a bad kid i don't know it's just weird it, it was one of those weird movies and so anyway Brightburn is coming out also in the month of May. But again, um, 
that's about it that I have on the rundown on movies and also my take on Marvel's Marvel's Endgame. Please go see that movie if you're a Marvel fan. Please go see Marvel's Endgame and I will hopefully see you at the movies. All right. Hey, so this is my tech segment. And um, first of all, before I get into the main topic of my tech segment, um, <clears throat> I remember I mentioned uh, last time about foldable phones. And I kind of was like, you know, pretty much in my opinion, I was kind of down in it. Why do we need foldable phones? And I'm still kind of on that way, on that, that, that train of thought about why do we need foldable phones? Now, since the last time I believe I mentioned this, um, Samsung had the uh, the Samsung press conference, and I de- I believe I've mentioned that in one of my 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 last episode as well. But um, anyway, yes, um, the foldable phone Samsung Fold came out and had been distributed to uh, some of the reviewers that I also follow along. Um, some people like Marcus Brownlee and um, a few others, but um, mainly Marcus Brownlee. Um, I can't think of the other ones that I um, go to offhand. I believe IGN, they do some stuff, but CNET, CNET is really where I follow a lot of my stuff too, as far as when it comes to tech and tech reviews and things like that. So some review, review units came out on the Galaxy Fold, and um, unfortunately, um, there was some problems um, again where when you f- when you unfold the phone basically it unfolds like a book and there was there's on the cover of this is plastic now most of the time when we get new phones that come in a box and you have you know you unbox it and everything else there's a there's a small thin film of plastic that you can pull back kind of protects the glass and it's not meant to stay on there it's just it's just when they package the phones that plastic comes on on that automatically so a lot of times you know when you get new products and stuff they have like either plastic wrapping on it or what have you so the review units that came out um there was people that like reviewers that had these phones and um one and one in particular thought that the plastic was supposed to be peeled off come to find out that that plastic that was that was being peeled off or was he was trying to peel it off made the phone um uh, uh inactive and basically it was just basically just kind of messed it up messed up the phone and that was not just that phone but there was a lot of other a lot of other fold foldable phones that did the same thing from you know samsung foldable phones and um there was one i remember seeing one um youtube video where there was dust that seemed to kind of catch in between the fold of of the phone which was underneath this plastic so this became a problem and so they addressed the issue they talk to samsung i guess or either samsung got it got a got a hold of the information and they said that they would um go ahead and look into it for further um which led to the um the the release that they were going to 
released these phones to the public it got delayed of course so my thoughts real quick on it um first of all watching the review units watching the people that that have the phones the fold phones at first yes the tech looks very impressive it, it is an impressive looking phone the the technology behind it is very impressive so in other words when you fold it it has a display on the outside of it so you can actually look at say google maps or open up an app on the, on the front of your phone it is i believe it's it folds to like a four inch phone but then when you open it up it, it comes out to like seven inches so it comes out to the, be like a little small tablet and so what was impressive about it as far as the tech tech goes is when you're able to open the app from the front of the phone and it opens it up it continues on to call it app continuity which goes right into like it just goes right into through the the unfold part so the it, it was a very smooth transition so all of that really worked all of the stuff that they that they did and demonstrated really worked i like the fact that you know you can have multiple apps going on at the same time i mean it does so much and it's in as far as processing power very good processing power i mean it's very smooth very quick you know um the phone is good but unfortunately um, they have not perfected the part of, of the fold. And, you know, again, the only use that I would say on this phone or this type of phone would be if you, if you desire more of a tablet, um, if you desire more of a tablet, take it, you know, when you, when you, you know, basically you do whatever you do on your tablet, then you fold it up, put it in your pocket, you know, that's really in my opinion right now, that's what I see as far as the usefulness of a foldable phone. But, you know, am I gonna go out and buy it, especially when it comes to the price? And the price right now on the foldable phones is over a thousand dollars. We're talking more like, I think one of them, either the Huawei phone, and they're not the only company that's doing foldable phones, just to let you know. So the Huawei is also uh, coming out. They have a phone that's also foldable. And I can't remember the other company. There's a there's a third one that's also um, either Xiaomi, I think Xiaomi, which is a Chinese maker. They either have a foldable phone, but they have different, but their foldable phones are, they have a different take on it. So one of them has it to where the, like, like how Samsung is, Samsung has the, 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 the display on the outside, the same way with the, the, um, the Huawei phone, but it also comes like kind of a, a lip to it. So it kind of has a flatness to it. So check these videos out, you know, uh, the Huawei, the Huawei foldable phone, check that out. Check out the Samsung Galaxy foldable phone as well. And I can't remember the third one, but if I remember the third one, then I'll, I'll definitely link it and let you guys know on that one. But again, my, my, my whole take on foldable phones, it's 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 a new it's a new piece of tech. Um, whether we are going to have a use of it 
and whether it's a, a reliable use for like what we already have right now and are on a regular phone, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if the public is really ready um, or asking or even asking for this. And that's the thing about it. And so that's why as a consumer, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm like, well, do we even are we even asking for something like this? And at the price point at it at that it is, it's right now. In my opinion, it's a niche product. Um, it's it's a luxury, considered a luxury product, which is what they admitted to on stage when they presented the phone. And they did say that it was a luxury product because it's like we're talking close to, I believe that phone costs like close to like twelve to $1,300. And again, you know, um, until that tech becomes more common, until that becomes a more common type phone, that price needs to come down you know um for me to even justify even spending the money on something like that even if it's part of a plan it doesn't matter i mean this is just like to me it's just i i, I don't i don't know now you know leave a comment if you disagree with me on that but that's just my that's just my opinion on it i i mean we spend we spend money on computers that are almost at, that are pretty much at price. Uh, laptops, even laptops, are, are about twelve to fifteen hundred dollars. So we're talking something that goes in your pocket. That you know, and of course, yeah, granted, it does make phone calls. So that is the added thing than a laptop does. But again, I, I, I honestly, I, I cannot see right now the reason why we need the product. I mean, so again, um. I'm sorry if I'm kind of diminishing you. I am a I am a tech guy. I love technology. I love new things. I love the shiny stuff. But at the same time, I'm also thinking that do you know why do we need this? You know, and that's kind of that's kind of my balance, I guess, to myself too. Because yeah, you know, I'm like anybody else. I love looking at the new stuff, but I'm also kind of kind of like, huh, you know, um, it's just different. So anyway, um, that was that's just my take on that. So the main thing that I want to get into is um, we just had Google I.O. Uh, 2019. I believe that was held in San Francisco. So um, the people of Google, which uh, Sundar Pichai, who's the head of Google, he's um, the one that um, led off the conference. Um, we have this conference every year. Um, Google is always doing new things, new things on tech, new things on services, according to um, their phones or their products that they have. So the, one of the products that they that they highlighted, two of the products, I'm going to say that they highlighted was the um, they call it the, the Nest Hub Max, which was formerly called the the um, Google Home. And so the Google Home um, was a it's, it was a device. You first you had the Google Mini, which that one was a device where it was like kind of a donut shape, and you can you know you can use the keyword you know hey Google, and it would you know um, you know you would you would prompt a Google Assistant. So um, last year they came out with the uh, Google Home, and that had a display on it where you can have like you can you can stream your movies and pictures, or you can have your picture on there. But it also connects to like your Nest device or any other devices. Also cuts on your TV, um, things like that. It's really, it was, a, it's a really neat thing. I, I personally have one, and the difference with the the one that that was released last year, it is a smaller um, screen size. So in other words, it's like more of a, I think it was like a five inch or six inch 
uh, six inch screen. No, excuse me, seven inch screen. And I have it sitting, you know, on my on my nightstand and I like to use it for like, um, you know, watching watching movies or YouTube TV. And I like to watch it there. Sometimes I may turn the regular TV off and just lay in bed and watch that. So um, it's a really neat product. I enjoy it. And the speaker quality is pretty nice on it. So it's not very loud, loud. It's not over loud and stuff and so it's got a nice kind of a little bit of a bass range to it but not very bassy but it's really it's a really good product and i and i really am enjoying using it so this year they have what you call the google or the nest they changed the name to nest home max so that still is it's under the under google but i believe that they're putting that as nest now because of the the camera integration with it for the um the nest um nest is known for the thermostats so your thermostats and also your 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 security cameras so nest also creates that too and your i get there's a nest video ring doorbell or video doorbell so all those are in the Nest uh, ecosystem. So now what they've done is they said, well, we're going to go ahead and allow that because what it is, is they, they integrated this camera into this new Nest Home Max. And the size of the Nest Home Max now is, I believe it's 10 inch screen and still has still has the same look to it as far as design um has a speaker on the back but the difference is is that this one has a camera where the other one the the, the google home didn't have a camera the reason why and i'm gonna give you a little bit of background on this r real quick is that google um went under a lot of scrutiny about privacy um they were really concerned about whether the products that they have are listening to you, whether it's your phone, whether it's your, your, you know, any products that you have that, that you can just simply use the word Google or Hey Google, that they will automatically hear you. Now, of course, yes, it's a recording device and, and how much information and data that is getting from your, say, everyday conversations. People are starting to wonder whether it's always on, whether it's always recording. With that being said, they also are concerned about cameras, whether cameras on your phone, whether these cameras are monitoring you or seeing you or whether they are, or are they recording you? Does Google in the background know what you're doing? Um, those are the type of questions and the type of questions that people and even the government is really asking questions about Google and even Facebook. So Google's not the only company. I believe Facebook has also been under scrutiny and they've been in front of Congress to, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and, and, um, uh, Asuna Pachai, both of them have been in front of Congress to explain how their tech works. So these are things that now that the products are coming out, which is their, the Google Home and the Google and the Nest, the Nest Home Max, those things now they're making sure to safeguard like, okay, you have a button on the back. If you don't want the camera on, you can turn the camera off, you know, things like that. Well, I remember when, when, um, PC computers or desktop computers first came out, people would put like I say a piece of tape on the camera because they wanted to make sure that they're not being recorded or they're being monitored or what have you. So, you know, the issue of privacy is out there. And, you know, to be fair, 
you know, I mean, if you if you have any of these products in your home, yes, you do want to make sure whether or not if that's something of your concern. If you feel like, you know, I don't want no, I don't want somebody listening to my conversation. I don't want Google listening to my conversation or, or Facebook listening to everything I say. Because if you notice, the Google Assistant is getting so much more intelligent, and they describe this even on stage at Google I.O., that it's starting to become more intuitive, meaning that when you say, for instance, you give it a command, you don't always have to say, hey, Google, you can go to the next command after that and the next command after that. So in other words, you can just say, what's the weather today? And then it'll give you the weather. And then from that point, it says, um, how, how long will it take me to get to work? And how, you know, and, you know, just things like that. It was just kind of like this lady was on stage and she was just rattling off commands after commands and never had to use Hey Google, which was the ultimate, the, the beginning command. So they're now changing that to where the flow of that will be more like a conversation so that's where the future of the google assistant is going they also are explaining that it does not have to be from an outside source of say the google cloud but that this technology it will now be in your phones or it'll be now into say the next update. So every, say every year or less than a year, your phones go through an update. Um, if you have Android, Android phones, I'm not only speaking of Android right now, I'm not speaking of iOS, but Android phones will always go through an update and they always kind of have like Android say, I don't know, it's like Android M for Marshmallow, Android Android N, and then Android O for Oreo, Android P. So now um, we're now into what you call Android Q. And so there are a lot of lot of um, tech things that are going on behind the scenes of to make your phone better, to make it more intuitive. Mainly, I noticed that some of the features are to make your phone more intuitive. If you have, say, a messenger app, whether it's Android messages, that can be downloaded through uh, the Google Play Store. You can actually um, type something as you're texting someone and that person is texting you back. It will automatically give you three or four different options of replies automatically and these replies are based on the conversation that you're having some people say this is this is scary but i see it as okay this is how the intelligence of this thing is starting to hear and they've they've also added this into your email so if you have gmail the same thing if somebody gives you an email and you know, they send like a, a not just your, like a company email. There's a difference. If, if somebody like myself is sending you an email, then at the end of the email, you can respond quick, a quick response. So they have quick replies at the end of them. So this is this is a brand new thing. And they're getting even better with that. There's another thing that was pretty interesting called Google Duplex. <laughs> they begin to talk about this. In Google at Google I.O. 2018, where they they demonstrated on stage someone you being able to call 
and the Google Assistant would actually make an appointment for you. So they would, you know, they would call a restaurant, say for instance, they call a restaurant and you want to reserve a table or reserve a time for that. And Google Assistant will be able to make that reservation for you, but by way of you making that request to Google Assistant, you can ask the Google Assistant to make a reservation at your favorite restaurant also, if you put anything in your Google Calendar, your Google Assistant will automatically remind you of an appointment that you have in your Google Calendar. Now, I also say all this, too, to let, let people that are users of Android and Android phones to know that the only way the Google Assistant also will know or, or work in this way is the more information that you input, whether it's in your Google calendars, um, notes that you take in Google, then it, it automatically takes that information and it curates it to say whatever schedule, if you have a, a, a flight schedule. So if you're one of those type of people like myself, I like to see how things work, then do it that way to where you put in your information on what you're going to be doing for that week and and see how this works. It actually integrates all together to where the Google Assistant now will be able to give you uh, notifications based on events that is coming up. Um, if you have a Google Home Max or like I have, you will show up on your current events of what you have on that day. Whatever music you like to listen to, whether it's through Spotify or YouTube music or uh, Pandora, Google will use those things for that so that you will automatically they'll automatically know exactly what type of music you listen to every day or or time of day even they even have it to where whatever time of day it is if you're at work it'll, it'll pop up and it says hey you know i notice you're at work you normally listen to this type of work music or what have you or the time you go to bed same thing things like that now a lot of people they get really creeped out behind this but um, one thing to m remember, Google in the beginning was a search engine. So based on search, it collects data and anything about data about you, it, it collects. And again, if you're if you're really if you're really tech savvy enough to some degree, just give it less information and it won't do that if that's something that you don't like. But if you don't mind and you like to see how it works, then continue to continue to input the information like you normally do. And you'll begin to see how it will start to grow more into the likes that you like and, you know, come together in that way. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to mention that about um, Google I.O. 2019. Um, they mentioned a lot of different stuff. Um, matter of fact, the Google Assistant in auto mode, um, if you have a car that has, say, um, it has uh, Android Auto that's built into your car, um, it also made a, and has an update to your Android Auto interface in your car right now. So in other words, like when you start your car, they will have all this stuff that you normally uh, you know, normally would, uh, use whether it's a podcast app or whether it's a music app or, or your GPS directions, all that will be all automatically loaded onto the menu. 
so that you can either just use voice command instead of using touch touch and that's which is less distraction while you're driving so yes they made they're making updates to android auto if you don't have android auto if you don't have that device in your car you can also it's also on your phone so remember your phone is your mobile device so wherever you go whether like i even tried that to where i downloaded android auto from the google play store um i you know tried it in my car and it what it does it it puts your whole phone into auto mode and it's a whole different menu to where it's it's less distracting in other words you you don't if 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 your phone rings or if you get a text it'll automatically google assistant will automatically send that reply back to the caller and say you cannot answer right now i'm driving or what have you so there's a lot of different safety features that are also implemented in the system in the in the um in the I, i would say in the in the um the android system itself in the update so these things will automatically do also um they're also concerned about protection and privacy and and also spam and things like that so um they are rolling out a um i believe it's google play protect which will be um through the google play store so that will prevent certain apps from asking certain information um and also preventing other third party apps and this is really what it's is for is preventing third party apps to download or have uh spyware or spamware into your your device um there's also uh let's see what is what else it was uh one was saying about the ability to turn apps off too and that was another thing that this update for android q would do it would have the ability to turn apps off which i think is good for those of you that are complaining about battery life on your phones um android q which will be the next update and whether in th- just kind of going back on that that update will only be like say it'll start off to pixel phones first because those are like the google phones and then from there probably hit like samsung galaxy um the galaxy phones the lg phones and uh say the the um there's other ones asus phones um there's a lot of other phones out there and even if you do have lg or samsung it all depends on like what version your samsung is or what year and those that's when those android updates will will roll out and you'll notice that your phone will alert you and say you know it has an update but in saying that um those of you that have you know the battery life is not as good as it used to be you know turning off your apps is definitely a good way to conserve your 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 battery life if you have more apps running on your phone um that's that's a good way to drain your battery really quick um so you want to be aware of that but the android q update is supposed to run in the background with less latency and less power to your device so that it will let you know with you need to turn this app off or maybe or it will actually turn them off for you so like say for they gave an example if you order some food say through a pizza app whether it's domino's pizza or say doordash 
And once you order it, and then once you've done with that app and you forget to turn it off, then it'll allow a certain amount of time for that app not to be used. And then all of a sudden the system will turn it off for you. So there's, there's a lot of things that are going to be going on in the background in this Android Q update. So those are the, those are just a few things that they talked about in this. And then they also went into the Pixel, um, the Pixel 3a phone. So there's two Pixel phones that are coming out. Um, last year they had the the majors like a Pixel 3, but this one is a Pixel 3a. I'm not sure exactly what the A stands for, but these are more budget friendly phones. They don't have all the bells and whistles that the Pixel 3 has, but they don't. They they're they're not so bad to where they they skip out on quality of the phone. So um, the one thing that I picked up on is that it will have longer battery life because of the fact that Android Q is going to be running in the background. Um, it's going to come in three colors, um, black, white, and they said purplish, which really what that is, is a light colored purple. The price, which is a standout for this phone, is $399. So this is a very budget friendly phone um anybody that's that says okay well i I would really like to get a pixel phone the pixel 3 last year was a very expensive phone um the camera it was a good camera too as well in that phone but um i think it was like close to 999 dollars it was close to a thousand dollars but the this phone is 399 and I would say two things. One, if you want to get this phone, go for it. Um, if it's in your price range, um, it's also opening up for for just um, not just for Verizon anymore, but they will also um, you'll be able to get this phone through uh, Sprint and I believe T-Mobile as well. And so these, um, if you're a type of person that li- that loves the Google phones, uh, the Pixel. Three is a very good phone. Um, I've heard good things about the Pixel phones anyway, but the three A, which is what's which is going to be released this year, um, is a good budget phone. The other thing about it is the Pixel three is also going going down in price, and I believe it's a little bit more expensive still than the three A. But if you just want to wait and get the Pixel, the regular Pixel three then I would say get wait and get that. And then that way you'll get everything that you've been wanting or the, all the things that are cool tech that's in Pixel 3. So um, what do you think about all this? Um, Google is continuing to progress, um, progress, their progress as far as their ability to make their products more um, intuitive to your, to your usage. So, the whole goal with Google is to um, kind of merge the tech with your lifestyle, and that's that's really what it comes down to. You know, any of these any of these tech companies, whether it be Facebook, whether it be um, Google, whether it be um, even my, um, not Microsoft, but whether it be um, oh God, what's the other one? Uh, Amazon. Those companies are trying to integrate their tech into your lifestyle and the more that you get used to using these things then 
the scariness or the weirdness or I'm not sure. The, in other words, it, it'll be to the point where it's like, okay, this is nothing. And that's what the real goal is behind it, is the introduction of new tech into your lives to where it integrates into your homes, integrates into your lifestyle. You're always carrying a phone around you. That's the main that's the main vehicle that this tech is going to use is your phone. And, you know, more majority, less and less people are going to probably get a home computer or a desktop computer. They may get a laptop or a tablet to do most of their task on. And the more powerful that the phone gets, the less that they're going to be using more standard tech or, or devices that are at home they'll be using it on a device that they can take anywhere with them and the phone the the, the smartphone is the vehicle that's going to be used to be able to do close to 90 to 80 percent of your your things when it comes to shopping ordering stuff online banking um your your navigation and all kind of other things that we're going to be using in the future and you'll be able to access all this through right right there in the palm of your hand. So, you know, again, it goes back to what I was saying about the foldable phones and things like that. You know, yeah, as time goes, we're, we're going to be evolving. Tech's going to be evolving into these type of things and where they, they, they want the goal is to figure out how can we get the user to use this more and more into their life without it even being such a big thing it'll be a so natural and such a natural transition that it will not it would not be a a big ooh ah factor so to speak so that's pretty much all i have for tech so hope you enjoyed that segment all right oh so um one more thing um i almost forgot to mention um, we had a, or there's been going on with uh, Lyft and Uber. If you use Lyft and Uber, which are the rideshare services, um, I currently um, I work part time as a Lyft driver. So um, I wanted to kind of bring it up to also while I'm into, I guess, tech news. This is considered tech news as well because it involves the rideshare apps and the rideshare. Um, so Lyft drivers or Uber drivers, mainly Uber drivers, uh, announced that they were going to go on strike for, for one day. This happened, I believe, on the 9th of May um, or the 8th of May. It might have been the 8th of May. It's when it happened, but right before um, Uber um, decided to go IPO, it was more of a strategic move. The reason behind it was the drivers um, were feeling that pretty much that they were getting um, they were getting less pay as far as their the percentage of, of money that they were getting per mile, which is true. I have to agree with that as a Lyft driver myself. I've noticed the change as far as the the amount that you get per mile um, has changed from, you know, significantly, actually. So I'm not sure whether they're charging passengers less or from what it seems like. It seems like they're still charging them 
the normal amount of pay and they're just like taking more from in between the the fees i guess are increasing so the lift fees so it sounds like it's more of that than than anything the other thing that uh, was brought up as well was the deactivation um clause or the deactivation um you know deactivations when it comes to drivers um anything that say a passenger may say um to say you know being done by uber or by lyft driver they can report it and without question or without recourse or without any kind of you know um mediation to follow up um the driver will automatically be deactivated which i personally think is unfair because there are times where yes we 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 are supposed to we you know places of business go by the customers always right but in all other cases that say the customers always right but sometimes businesses have to they'll they'll try to appease the customer in order to make sure that okay it's just better to just you know go ahead and let them say have their way and and a lot of now i'm not saying in all cases but in some cases that that is because i've i even at one point in my life i i remember working fast food and that that applied to where the customer you know obviously we knew that this customer had you know done something to their food or they put a hair from them and they wanted their money back and we saw this happen they came back in and claimed that oh you know it was hair in my food and our manager at the time was like okay well what do you want you know they said well we want my money back it's like okay you know and they just gave them their money back because it was in their eyes it was better to go ahead and appease the customer than to go ahead and go through this argument about whether they were lying about it or not well, I said all this to say that the same thing is goes with the deactivation. Now, I'm going to speak mostly to drivers. So if you're a driver for Lyft or Uber, I want you to make sure that you're really aware that when you're driving your vehicle, you got to make sure that you do certain safeguards when you're driving. So if you don't have, a uh, say, a camera try to get a camera so that that could be recording okay and don't put it in a, i would well i guess i would say put it in a place where they can see the camera but see a lot of times customers those the ones that complain about it they about invasion and privacy those are the ones that they either are really insecure about a camera being on them or some of them feel like well i can't do anything wrong or what have you then so they just feel automatically intimidated by the fact that there's a camera that's the one thing i would say the second thing though is you want to always cover yourself so if there's a if there's a bad passenger in your car make sure that you report it report it firsthand because the drivers that go through a rating system and customers also go through a rating system just as much as a driver can be deactivated a customer can also be banned from the system especially if it's an ongoing thing now of course the sad reality is is that 
probably more than likely Uber and Lyft will make sure that they give more leniency to the customer than they would the driver. But that's only because we're living in a time now where, you know, let's be frank, there has been some bad drivers out there and it's making it bad, not just for other drivers, but also for the company as a whole. And the company is always going to protect itself. It's always going to make, make sure it looks out for itself before it looks out for, say, a driver. The drivers, unfortunately, and this is just the reality of it, the drivers on this platform, whether you're driving for Lyft or Uber, are very expendable. You, you could be replaced. There's so many more drivers that are applying. Going back to the subject at hand about the strike, do I feel that the strike is going to make a difference? I feel it would, especially the more drivers that participated in the strike. If it disrupted the service, whether it be in whether it was in California, New York or any place like that, if it if it disrupted the service to the point where it shut it down and they lost revenue behind it, then, yes, it made a difference. Am I saying that one day it's going to be enough? No. If they if they continue to undercut the drivers, then there needs to be another strike. And in other words, if they're going IPO, that means that the stock, even though right now the Uber stock, you know, was reported to where it made it actually flopped, and that's part of in light. Not behind the strike, I believe, but it was also behind other things that was going on in the economy. The other thing that that I will also bring up is the fact of gas prices. Now, as an Uber and Lyft driver, yes, you have your vehicle, is especially if you're driving your vehicle, you're incurring a lot of costs, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, changing tires oil changes, even even down to, you know, just ma regular maintenance on your car, that's coming out of your earnings, whether you are part-time or whether you're a full-time driver. So those are the things that you want to look at. But the gas prices, which really directly affect drivers that is on the platform right now, we're talking, you know, and it all depends on what state that you're driving in, the gas prices are affecting you, but the but the sad reality is is that the price that you're that you're driving for is not changed. It does not match what what the cost is out there. So just think of that right now on that that alone, and ask yourself as you're continuing whether you're driving for Lyft or Uber, part time or full time, is it worth it? Is it is it worth you know, is it is it cost effective or should you go back to maybe doing a traditional part time job? Um, me personally, I have a full time job. Um, if I were to go full time to do drive for Lyft or Uber, probably one, I probably wouldn't even use my own car because there's so much wear and tear that will occur. I started off when I started off driving for Lyft and Uber, I had a car. Uh, a Ford Focus and good on gas mileage but I you know because I didn't know any better I ran the miles up something crazy and one thing that's that's people have to understand is that cars do depreciate in value you will not you will not get you will not get the trade in if you decide to trade in your vehicle you will not get 
what it's worth or close to what it's worth. Matter of fact, it's even, it will even go further down in depreciation because of the fact that you've used it so many times driving for Lyft and Uber because of the amount of miles that you put on it. So this, those are things that you really want to think about. You really want to kind of keep in consideration when you're driving for a rideshare company. The answer to that though is if you were to, the other alternative to it, I'm sorry, would be Go and either rent or lease a car, but preferably go through the rental program. Now, the rental pro- program, the bad side about it is, is that it's it's almost $200 a week, but that's expensive in my opinion. But if you're doing it full time in no matter whatever city that you're in, it all depends. Like if you're in San Francisco, perhaps, you know, if you're driving to San Francisco, yes, you can make full time. You can make $200 and say maybe close to a day, especially if you're putting in the hours as a Lyft and Uber driver. You want to definitely put in the hours. You definitely don't want to don't want to just drive whenever you want to. The luxury of, of Lyft and Uber is, yes, you can drive whenever you want to, but you have to be smart. You have to create a schedule for yourself that is going to allow the flexibility that you want that you're using the platform for for okay speaking of flexibility a lot of the drivers from what i've been hearing they are they're either wanting lyft and uber to either have benefits or become employees or what have you i personally and this is just my personal opinion would not want that the reason why is because that would take away the flexibility aspect of the platform which will eliminate how Lyft and Uber initially started off as being in other words Lyft and Uber started off as being of having flexibility to where you could you could drive whenever you wanted to you can stop whenever you wanted to if you push them into let us become employees and wanting the benefits and things like that then guess what? You'll have a regular, regular job where they will ask you for your schedule. They will ask you for your availability and you won't have the flexibility anymore to just start, you know, come get in your car, turn the app on and start driving whenever you want to or stop whenever you want to. A lot of people that are doing this full time, they love the flexibility because some of them have children. Some of them have to take their kids to school. Maybe they're the only person that lives at home with their kids. And so their kids are young and they have to you know, do those things or maybe they have other appointments. Maybe they have school. There's a number of reasons why the different drivers have different things going on in their lives where flexibility is a valuable thing and so you don't really in my opinion you don't really want to push a company or a platform which it really is it's really not you know it's it's you know it's really not a company i would say but it's a platform and you really want you really don't want to push them into coming out of pocket more because there's so many drivers on the platform we're talking providing uh excuse me health coverage and benefits for all these people that's that's driving and they're not even you know they're not the way they're looking at it too is that because you are not a employee the the investment in you is really not 
something that they would want to do. And the reason why is because you could stop and start whenever you want to. You could you could quit if you want to. So there is really no even on their end, there's no security in in having something like that for you as an employee. If you become a, if you were an employee, but still have the the flexibility of being able to start when you want to and stop when you want to. That's a major factor. And that's a major factor, not just for drivers, but it's also a major factor, to be honest with you, with Lyft and Uber, because, again, I cannot see them trying to push having medical coverage for all drivers that can that can just start and start when they want to maybe drive an hour out of the day or an hour in a week there's just no way that i would see them investing that time for that not unless they change their whole format and become a regular employer so again that's just my thoughts on that i really hope though ultimately that they raise the price per mile on that if they don't Again, this is coming from a guy that just works it part time. Hey, you have a regular job, a, a, a eight hour job, a 40 hour a week job, then keep that. And if you don't like it being on this platform at say, because you're really not making a lot of money doing it, then you may have to look at other options as far as other job options. I mean, Lyft and Uber is not the only part time job that's out there. There's other jobs that you can go about to get. So again, I know I'll probably get some disagreement on it, but that's okay. That's what the podcast is for. And if you have any questions about it, hey, leave me a comment. I'm welcome to, you know, I'm welcome to the dialogue. If you disagree with it, that's fine. If You know, I want to hear from more Lyft and Uber drivers, too, because I understand there's all different types of opinions and outlooks on it. So I might be wrong. Maybe there might be something that I can that you can clear. You can actually help me to excuse me. Hey, so. Um, the next segment here is our scripture segment. And so the last time, um, I guess before the um, Easter holiday that we had, a Resurrection Sunday, um, I kind of diverted off the um, the devotion that we were, we were doing or I was doing before, which was um, the devotion that was following in the YouVersion uh, app called um how to stop sinning and this was um a a devotion that was going through the book of romans um i believe the fifth chapter um was where it was starting at and it really talks about pretty much our life our position in christ um those of us that are that have received christ in our lives and how do we continue on um with a life in Christ that would be without sin. Now in saying that I know some of you may be like, okay, and that's impossible to live a life without sin. So um today um we're gonna go into chapter six of Romans and we're gonna um read about um our position again but this one here was a little bit different and also i'm not sure whether we went through this in our previous episodes but um as i was reading through this um i kind of wanted to kind of touch a little bit on some more of this and um starting to understand here according to paul's writing in the book of romans um 
as Christians, what our position is, if we are, um, if we are following Christ. So, um, he goes on to say, let's start off in verse one of chapter six. He says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He says in verse two, by no means, we are those who have died in sin. How can we know? How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Let's stop right there. Okay, so one of the key things that he mentions here is is baptism. And one of the things that I know that um, in church, a lot of times, you know, we 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 repeat the sinner's prayer. We ask Christ to come into our heart, into our lives, or basically into our heart. And by faith and through faith, according to the scriptures, that we receive Christ and that we're saved. But one of the things that we also um, should do, and which is important to do, is baptism. And so if you notice here, um, Paul talks about baptize. So in verse 3, um, he says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Let's stop right there. Now, the mere act of baptism, when we see people, they they go into the water, they've been baptized, and then they pull out of the water. This is not only just a symbolic act, but it's an actual act by faith that when you are baptized, that you are baptized along with Christ and the things that, that you used to do are washed away. Okay, so that is the actual act of the washing away of the old life and then the rising from the water into the new life. So um, he goes on to say in verse four, um, and not, not only that, let's go back here. It says into Christ, we're, we're baptized into his death. Now, those of us that know Christ had died on the cross, so he took upon himself all of the sin of the world that means that all of the sin that i've done all the sin that you've done all the sin that everybody has done even those that weren't born yet you know those are were born those that have been born he took upon all their sin and he died on the cross and he pinned it to the cross therefore you know his death now does not no longer have to be redone again every time you know you make a mistake christ doesn't have to go back and get back on the cross and do this all over again so the so the mere act of the crucifixion right there is showing that first of all once for all he's done this one act of crucifying to the cross the sins that we committed those that that i've committed those that all man has committed once and once for all now the next step for us is once we acknowledge that we accept the death of jesus christ into our hearts and our lives and then we go to the take the next step and we go and we are buried into or we are baptized so when the baptism we baptize ourselves into his death so in other words we bury just like christ was taken down from the cross 
Lazarus was buried in the tomb. And then once he was buried, then he was resurrected. He was resurrected by the power of God. So when we come out of the water from from being baptized, then we are also resurrected into new life. That is also a symbolism of what Christ has done. Christ went down once and then he came and resurrected him, was resurrected into new life. Now the, the sin that was on the cross and was sacrificed on the cross is now no longer resurrected. So you don't, you don't get resurrected. You don't get, you don't get dunked in the water and and there was you know the sin you know the, basically the sin comes back up after you're resurrected so in verse 4 it says we were therefore buried with him with him through baptism into death in order that je- that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father we too may may live a new life now this is our position in christ now understand this this is also predicated on your faith this is predicated on 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 not just actual you know like anything like a feeling or emotion now we also have to understand it's not so much the do's and don'ts or we you know like rules and things like that the things that we don't, that we choose not to do, those are the old, old life. That's the old way. So the things that you used to do, you know, you, you basically, you know, you, you don't do those things no more. You get away from those things. You, you depart from those things. That was your old life. So those of us that kind of, you know, kind of figure that, oh man, you know, but now does your, does your 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 body does the flesh still want to tempt you to go back to those things yeah it does but you got to always keep reminding yourself that that was the old me that was the one that was the me that i used to do those things i've chosen now to live a new life i've chosen now to turn from those things turn from those wicked things that i now agree that those are wicked things and god has shown me now Nobody has, nobody should be going around you telling you, oh, don't do this, don't do that. No, this is your new relationship through Christ Jesus. And remember this, there's also a, a, you're not doing this physically on your own or mentally on your own. Christ himself, you know, as he comes into you, as the Holy Spirit is, is residing in you, he's continuing to work on you. He's continuing to remind you, don't do these things. Don't go back to those things. Go, don't go back to the former lifestyle that you used to live. Okay. So let's keep continue on as he talks about our position in Christ. In verse five, it says, for with for if we have been united with him in his death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, isn't that beautiful? So let's go back over into this verse again in verse five. He says, first of all, we have been united with him in his death like this. So 
when you choose to be baptized, you choose to, to follow Christ, you choose to have Christ in your life, you are now united with Christ. And as, as Christ died to Christ died, took upon the sins of the world, you also died. We also died with him. In other words, we also have forfeited the, the old lifestyle, the old way of living, the old way that we used to live. We now we are now continually um, uh, we're dying to ourselves. We're not trying to do right. We're not trying to earn our way into heaven. We're not trying to uh, um, earn brownie points to get to God. We're not trying to do all these good things. No, what we're doing is we're doing just the opposite. Actually, we're actually dying. We're actually dying and putting to death the things that we used to do, the things that the former things that we used to be a part of. We're putting to death those things. So those of us are those people that say, oh, we got to try to make this happen, make this work. And that's a lot of works and a lot of effort. And sometimes those efforts would would you know, would have you fail, ultimately frustrate you. So it's like, you know, we got to continue to do those things over and over again. No, we have to continue to die from those things. So it's almost pretty, pretty much the opposite of trying to do the good, but running away or dying to the old. Okay. So for, if we have been united with him in his death like this, we, um, we will certainly be united with him in his resurrection. So just as we die to certain things or die to the, the old lifestyle, we will also be resurrected with him. So the resurrection in this context also means that not only will we be resurrected to new life, but we also be resurrected to new, to new life in an actual sense. Because once we do die, once we do pass from this life, we will also be resurrected in the, into the new life and the, you know, in our, in our resurrected bodies. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Okay, there's an actual act here. You notice that it says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body that was ruled by sin might be done away with. If you notice that's almost like saying that we shed off that old skin. It's almost like we saying we're saying that we threw away that old that old body. If you notice that, it says that that body that was ruled by sin might be done away with. It will be physically, it'll be spiritually done away with as well. So, in other words, that body that was ruled by sin, you just you just couldn't help it. You just kept doing what you were doing. That body, every time your body, your flesh was telling you, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do these things. That part of you now, it's got to be thrown away. It's done away with. It says we, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You know, in the, in the position of where we was at. When you was living your old life, when I was living my old life, I was a slave to the sinful nature. I was a slave. I didn't, other words, I just did what the, what the, what my master, which was the sinful nature told me to do. If you, some people say, well, I'm, I, I just do what I want to do. That's fine. You do what you want to do. That means that you're a slave to yourself. You're a slave to the human nature that 
that tells you, oh, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do that. You notice when you say that, you say, I'm going to do this. No, in other words, yourself is saying, this is what I'm going to do. See, so I'm a master unto my own self, which means that you're a slave unto yourself. It says, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, verse seven, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Remember, it's not no longer you trying, but you're putting to death the old ways. No, you're putting to death that, that old way of thinking, that old way of living. You're putting to death those things. So it says, because anyone who has died is, is now set free from sin. Now this is our, this is your position in Christ. So remember that. Remember the next time you feel the urge to do something wrong. Wait a minute. It's like, I'm set free from this. I'm not, I'm no longer a slave to this. I don't no longer have to do this I don't I'm not no longer even though there's a temptation there to do those things but you don't have to submit to that temptation you don't have to go and follow through with that sinful thing that you're getting ready to do or what you're thinking about am I saying that you won't that you'll get tempted or you you'll have these thoughts no yes you will have those thoughts what I'm saying is but you don't have to fulfill it you don't have to go through with it now continue on here in verse 8 it says for now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Do you notice what he, he uses the word we believe? Okay. Verse nine, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. This is exactly what I was telling, saying earlier. He cannot die again. Okay. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. And, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Now this is, this is Christ's position. The same way Christ has died on the cross. He only died once. Death has no mastery over him. And once he is resurrected now, he lives in a resurrected power. In other words, now he is now in a new life. He's on the other side of death. Death has the death he died. He died one, he died to sin once for all. This is only a one time thing. There is not a repeated death. There's not a repeated over and over and over again. Can you imagine a life that, that if you're living a life that you're just continually just, just doing something over and over again? That's, that's horrible. So it says the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now, he knows that the position was the mastery that sin had over us is no longer over us. But we are di we die to that old selfish way or that old sinful nature. And now we live to God. We otherwise now we're free from sin. Now we're free to live for God. OK, now he he compares it again in verse 11. He says in the same way, count yourself dead to sin. Remember this. OK, remember this is your position. This is by faith. If you're a new Christian, you're listening to this, or even if you're an old Christian and you're still struggling with those sinful natures, those sinful, sinful habits, those sinful ways, the things that you agree, that you, you agree that is wrong for you to do. 
ask yourself, first of all, he says, you got to count yourself dead to sin, but alive in God, in Christ Jesus. Let me just back. Let me just stop right here to kind of give you a, a another um, perspective on this. If you feel if you feel like you're still struggling, you have to go and question whether or not either you're free from that or you just have to believe that you are now set free. I'm going to say this. I remember a, a, a long time ago, uh, some years ago, that I remember struggling. There was I was struggling with a, with this particular sin that I just kept doing over and over again. Now, this was after I was saved. And I know for a fact that I was saved. But I kept struggling with this sin over and over again. And, and it really frustrated me because I was a Christian. And I, and I, and I believed that I was a Christian. I said, wait a minute. Why am I still struggling with this? Why am I still feel the need, the urge to just want to go and do it? Now, first of all, I had to understand this. I had to first understand that the temptation was still there. I still was tempted to go and, 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 and um and go and sin in that same way but what i had to understand that every time i sinned and of course now this is one thing i will tell everybody that when you sin and knowing good and well that you know what you're doing is wrong and then once you committed that sin once you've done the act of that sin then you later on you feel bad you feel guilty you feel like oh man i'm just defeated you feel defeated okay so once that happens, now sin never makes you feel, should never make you feel good. So in my case, when sin occurred in my life and it kept occurring, I just felt defeated. I felt like, oh my God, I know that I'm in Christ. I know that, that Christ has freed me, but why do I keep doing this? Well, the truth of the matter was, was that I did not believe that I was set free. I did not believe that 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 point in my life where God has set me free until one day the Holy Spirit dealt with me and says, hey, Larry, wait a minute. You're 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 set free from this. You don't have to do this no more. What are you doing? You don't have to do this anymore. And so the moment that I realized that I didn't have to. In other words, I wasn't a slave to that that particular sin anymore. Every time the urge came to do that sin, then I was like, I felt the need that I had to go and commit it. Remember, there's a difference between temptation and the actual act of committing that sin. The more, and, and here's another thing I will say this. The more you keep sinning in that way, or the more you keep committing that, 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 that act of sin, it becomes a habit. I'm going to give you something, a very practical way to think of this. We all have habits of what we do, whether it's eating habits, whether smoking habits, whether it's um, maybe drinking habits or anything like that. The mere act of the fact that whether we go through a five step, 11 step, 12 step, excuse me, 12 step program or any type of way of whatever it is, the back part of that, the, the, the real 
um, I guess the real thing of that is, is to starve it out. Any habit that you do, any bad habit that you're trying to stop and quit, the, the more that you try to, the more that you stop doing it, or the more that you com- you you commit to not doing it, you're actually starving that habit out. That habit now, each time you each time the temptation comes for you to do it, you tell tell it no. And what you're doing is you're saying to yourself, "I'm no longer going to do that." The fact of the matter is, is that our bodies, our flesh, always, once we get into a particular habit, whether it's a habit of eating things that we shouldn't eat, whether it's, um, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, you know, and I mentioned these three things because those are like some of the most popular sins or not, I wouldn't say sins, but most popular habits, excuse me. Um, so once those habits continue to, you know, you continue to do those things, first of all, they be, they develop into a habit. Once you develop into a habit, the habit becomes a part of your lifestyle. And the lifestyle becomes so strong that you feel like you can never break that. But that's a lie because you can. The more that you commit to not doing those things or commit to not smoking, not drinking, maybe not eating certain foods that you shouldn't eat. Eventually, what will happen is you're starving out that same thing. You're starving it out. You're, 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 otherwise, you're breaking that habit. That's what you're doing. Okay. Now, I put it, I put it in a practical context because even still, as a person that is struggling with certain things, you can break habits. Okay. But, we're talking in the context of a deeper level of just a habit. Other words, we're talking of a sin. What is a sin? A sin is something that is offensive to God. If you want to be pleasing to God, if you want to live for God, if you want God to honor God, and if you want God to honor you, then then as a Christian, we have to have the practice of not sinning. We have to have the practice of 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 uh, breaking those sinful habits. So I use the I use something practical to kind of give you a context of the of the of the way of how we're supposed to starve out something. But you got to remember, there's also a natural thing in life to 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 uh, commit to stop doing things in the natural that are bad for us but there's also in the spiritual context of things that are sinful so things that may be considered bad may be harmful to us in our in our bodies may not necessarily be sinful and we'll get into that some other in another episode you might be saying what you mean to tell me there's certain things yes there's certain things that you do that are harmful to your body but they may not be considered sinful so and i can i and i can also understand too that that things that are harmful to your body remember you know there's a scripture that says that your body is the temple of the holy spirit but remember there's certain things that is said that also is taken out of context there's certain things that you may do that according to the Bible, it doesn't consider, it's not considered sinful. And again, I'm not trying to divert off of, of the subject here, but 
I want to kind of to put it into some kind of context so that we understand that there is difference between things that are harmful to you in the natural, but things that are sinful. So the things that are sinful, okay, things that are sinful are sinful to God and offensive to God. And those are the things that are important according to what this is what Paul is talking about in the verse that we're reading here today. Okay, so let me get back on the subject and in verse nine, I mean, verse eight, it says, now, if we died to Christ, died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Verse nine, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Verse 10, the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Okay, now in verse 11, let's continue on. In the verse 11, it says, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Number 12, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Let's stop right there. Paul says in here in verse in chapter six, verse 12 of Romans, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, mortal, meaning the, this physical body that you're residing in right now. Do not let sin reign rain. Now, what the, he uses that word rain, not so much rain as in rain coming down water. We're talking about rain, meaning to have rulership in your mortal body. What does that mean? In a natural sense, it does mean that the certain things that we are sinning according to God, according to the things that God is displeased with. He said he's saying here, do not let sin rule in your mortal body don't do it okay so it says so that you obey its evil desires remember he's trying to establish here that sin is not uh you're not a slave to sin and sin is not to be your master so there is a process first of all let's go back real quick here uh, believe know that the work that christ has done on the cross is permanent. He died once and he's not going to die again. He died once for all humanity. He died for me. He died for you. He, he, he took upon sin upon his flesh and, and his spirit and he was crucified on that cross. And then once he was crucified on the cross, he was buried and he took and he, he took all that sin and was buried. And then once he was buried, then he he was raised to death, raised from death to life. And that new life now saying that he is now resurrected. Therefore, the sin that we now have that, that we had, I mean, was buried with him. So the, the next act that we do is called baptism. We we we. We um, we die to the old self, meaning that we submerge our, submerge ourselves in water, and once we're we're submerged into the water, we're now um, brought out of the water, which means that we are brought from the death to resurrection. The water has now washed us and cleansed us, and now we are now 
um, raised to new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Um, number 13, he goes into the next part of this and says, do not offer your offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather, but but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of your body, every part of yourself, excuse me, to him as an instrument of righteousness. Okay, so he's he's really telling us here to make sure that we are intentionally doing these things. In other words, offer the things that you used to do. Now do the right thing for Christ. Do the right thing for for God. In other words, okay. Then number 14, it says here, it says for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but you're under grace okay now he closes this part he closes this part in in verse 14 by saying that we're no longer under the law but we're under grace this is not to be misunderstood here okay the law, as he further goes on beyond uh, verse 14, he, he does say to us that the mere act of putting away the old self, the mere act of, of dying to oneself and, 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 re- and being resurrected into new life is not merely law. It's not merely the do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts of, of Christianity or, of, oh, I must not do this. And, and this, this, and you know, these, in other words, these laws that were written, say, for instance, do not murder, do not commit adultery. Those were laws. Those were laws in the Old Testament. But now because Christ, the difference between the law and grace is that now we no longer live under those laws which under the law has no salvation. It only tells you what not to do. It only tells you that the things that if you commit to doing these things, commit to doing the wrong things, then you will be punished. But now he's saying that you no longer live on the law, but the under under grace. What does that mean to live under grace? That means that the the mere act of what Christ has done now, which he's now done that permanent act of death and resurrection. Now he's now he's resurrected us and so now we're living in a time of grace which means that now we're we're, if you want to call it a law it's a new it's just a new we're on a new status in other words that grace is forgiveness that that grace is the power that god has given us to now be set free there is no longer a, 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 um, a condition of condemnation. There's no longer a condition of, oh, I, I, I got to do these right things because I don't want to be condemned. No, Christ says you are no longer now condemned, but you are now free, set free in Christ Jesus. Amen. So we have to understand our position in Christ. Our position in Christ Jesus. How do we understand it? Through faith. Let me end this by saying this. A lot of things that you read in the Bible, 
in the word of God. First of all, you first of all have to first believe and have faith that it is so. It is only true and it's only factual to you is if you believe it by faith. And once you believe something by faith, that becomes your reality. That becomes what you live by. It's beca- it becomes the thing that you ha- are now walking in faith and truth of that. Okay. It only becomes that once you begin to understand that this is your position in Christ Jesus. The same here with me. When I first came to Christ, it, it started off as someone laying hands on me, praying with me. And once I was prayed for and laid hands on me, then and I received Christ. And, I, and, I, and what I did was I accepted Christ in my heart. And once I accepted Christ in my heart, that was the initiation. It didn't stop there. Then I began to want to know more about Christ. I began to read my word more, begin to pray more, begin to ask God all these questions. God, what do you like? What is living for you like? Where do I start? There's so much to read in your word. And I begin to start to understand more about God's word. And the more you read that Bible, the more you read the God of God's word, the more you become not just excited about God, but you start to understand living for God. You start to understand what God desires of you. First of all, how to live for God, who God is, who is he in your life? And as you continue on this journey with God in your life, then what is his purpose for you? Remember, we li- we're living on earth for a certain amount of time. And within that certain amount of time, there are things in this life that we're that God wants us to do. He wants things that he wants me to do. So I say that. As a, as a way to show you there are, there are steps. And as you continue to go on this journey with God, is you start to mature, you start to become more stronger in your faith and believing and trusting and trusting God. And so you start to begin this whole journey of understanding who God is and believing. So, Remember, there's two practical things that I will definitely hone in on on this when it comes to living, living the Christian life. One is receiving Christ. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me just backtrack. I said two, but it's more than two. But there are two most important things that I was that I that I'm that I'm in that I'm saying that I'm going to tell you. But first of all, once you receive Christ, once you receive Christ, then you you get baptized. And once you're baptized, that is the physical and also the, the, the physical testimony to yourself, but to others as well. Because most of us, when we're baptized, we're not just baptized by ourselves, but we're also baptized in front of family and friends and possibly maybe your church family or whatnot. But that is a full out testimony of, hey, I am now dying to my old self and I'm resurrecting into my new self. I'm beginning to learn to live as God desires me to live. Now that's that's the first that's really one of your first steps. 
And then as you continue this journey with Christ, then you read in your Bible. There's a, there's a daily, 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 um, habit of prayer. There's a daily habit of reading God's word. And those are the two most important things that I was going to tell you. Prayer and reading your word. Those two things go hand in hand. Prayer and reading your word. What is prayer? Simply getting up in the morning, going to bed in the evening, maybe throughout the day, praying to God, talking to God, communicating with God. Okay. It's also not just you talking and he not saying anything, but there's a time where you talk and you pray to God and then communicate with God and then allow God to co communicate and talk with you. Second is reading God's word. That means spending time, spending time, read a scripture, read a passage, may not have to be a full chapter, but if you have time and God and you feel God tugging at your heart to read a passage, read a chapter, then do that. But continue that lifestyle and that habit of reading God's word. Reading God's word. It's like nourishment. Reading God's word is like you getting up in the morning eating breakfast or you getting up in the morning and going to exercise. You got to feed the spirit, man. You got to develop him. You got to mature him and make him stronger. Remember, this is a new lifestyle now. So as you continue to read God's word, get to continue to pray and meditate. Also learn to meditate on God's word. What is meditation? Read his word, maybe a passage of scripture, and then stop and think about what does the scripture mean to me? Stop and think about the passage of what it is saying. And as you continue to meditate on God's word, you begin to hear what God is trying to tell you, the message that he's trying to tell you in his word. The more we do this and the more I do this, just like the more you do this, we become more closer to God, but we become more like him. We begin to understand who God is, understand his purpose and his plan for our lives, understand on a daily what direction that he wants to take us in that day for our day, prepare us for the day. I hope you enjoyed this part of the the uh, episode of my podcast. I, I thank you for giving me your time to just kind of giving you the things that I like to talk about. My music or excuse me, movies, tech, video games and God's word. I want to first of all say thank you for all of you who you know, comment or give, even give me a listen and continue to pray for me, continue to, to pray for me as I develop more in this podcast and, and, and begin to be more comfortable with sharing. So again, I appreciate it. Hopefully I'll start being more on a uh, regular schedule here, but I've had so many different things that have been going on, um, also as well. So again, until the next episode, when it comes out, I'll see you the next time and God bless you and take care.